1: Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Welcome, welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Bad Juan Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62 on 95 7. It's a game. Pass the Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam, oh, by Ubre! He caught it! restricted area and slams it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and
1: Ryan Covey. Covey.
3: Fade away, tough shot over Wiggins doesn't fall. And Draymond Green has it, leads got Wiggins it. on a long breakaway. He runs it down, spins it
2: back, finds Curry right side. Stepped around Wall behind the back, scoop to the hoop. Good and a foul! you got to
3: be kidding
2: me! And he runs up into the stands to celebrate. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous
3: indeed. Tim Roy on the call there. Another incredible evening for Stephen Curry. Uh, 38 points, 13 of 21 shooting, 8 of 15 from three-point range, and the Warriors get a much-needed win over the Houston Rockets tonight, 125-109. to 109. We welcome you inside. Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you here until 11 o'clock tonight. To 20 consecutive points uh, for Stephen Curry uh, in that third quarter where he went for 23. And there was a moment there where I thought, uh, is he going to just catch Wilt tonight? Uh, and pass him for the all-time franchise record uh, for for total points. He needed, what, 56 uh, to tie. He got 38 of them tonight.
2: Yeah, he was incredible and it's just, you know, just vintage Steph Curry and the way that he's been carrying this team this year, J D. You'd like to see somebody else maybe help out with some of the scoring in the third quarter because as impressive as that quarter was for Steph, the Rockets actually outscored the Warriors that quarter by three points. So um I, I marvel at his individual brilliance, but at times, uh somebody want to help that dude out a little bit?
3: Yeah, no no doubt. And and tonight I think the win uh, t- tonight is-, is above all. I-, I-, I don't think the Warriors solved much tonight, but it does feel better to be talking about a victory because now you can say, hey, this team's won two out of three as opposed to, uh, I mean, if they had lost tonight, uh, you might as well just pack it in. I mean, at oh, this yeah. point. And I know the, I know the Warriors wouldn't, uh, obviously, but, Uh, Because they would still be in the lead at that point for the final (laughs) playing spot, uh, even if they had gotten beat tonight. But considering as tough as the last six seven weeks have been for the Warriors, you lose back to back games uh, against the the Wizards and the Rockets, and we're talking about major problems. So it was kind of a get your numbers night. It felt like for Steph, no doubt for Andrew Wiggins who finished with twenty five points, Jordan Poole a a bounce back game. uh, I know we talked about Jordan Poole a lot today uh, on on the pregame, and, and you kind of called him out uh, a little bit. I mean, tonight was his best game in three weeks. I, I yeah. went back. He had the, the back-to-back 26- and 25-point games which were three weeks ago tonight in Memphis and then the game that the Warriors won without Stephen Curry the night before in Memphis. He's really been struggling uh, since then. Uh, inefficient nights, uh, but a much better night for Jordan Poole. So kind of a get-your-numbers night. Michael Mulder pitched in 10. Juan Toscano Anderson got to play. It was sort of, hey, a couple, uh, guys are out, so everybody's going to get a chance to play against the Rockets, who are you know 3-28 and in their last 31. And it's a win. Uh, and the Warriors absolutely had to have it, Uh, but it's kind of, all right, on to the next, and and of course, don't want to bury the lead here. Uh, No update on James Wiseman. I mean, that's that's the big thing coming out of this one that everybody's going to be keeping their attention on. That right knee went up for the dunk in the second quarter, landed awkwardly. No update post game from Steve Kerr MRI tonight or tomorrow, and uh, I think everybody's holding their breath, uh, breath and hoping for the best.
2: Yeah, when he went down, JD just you know because he's he thinks he's about to yam. You know, it's a nice cut to the basket, um, and honestly, I mean, you know, the, the defense was terrific right there to go up and contest that shot. But he just lands so awkwardly, and you know, I thought in the moment like. Uh oh, that doesn't look good. And then he got up and he was, you know, walking it off ostensibly. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, maybe he's okay. Maybe they dodged a bullet. But then obviously he ended up leaving the game. I thought in the moment though, it didn't look good, JD. So uh, positive thoughts, you know, we don't want to speculate. Um, But uh, you know, anytime they reevaluate like that and then send him for the MRI, that's that's not a good sign. I think we can definitively say that.
3: Yeah, you're hoping at, at that point that by the time we hit the air at 10 o'clock, that, that they're saying, "All right, it's a it's a knee sprain. All right, it's a you know he hyperextended it a little bit, or or whatever it is. But it's something where you know uh, that it's not you know a catastrophic, either season altering or even career altering you know type type of an injury. We don't know that to this point, and again, don't want to go too far down that road. Uh, but at this point, uh, the next step for Wiseman didn't obviously come back in the game. Tonight, and he's going for the MRI, Steve Kerr said, either tonight or tomorrow. So it sounds like uh, at some point tomorrow uh, we'll get the news on the severity uh, of, of that injury of, for James Wiseman. And, uh, it, you know, it, it comes at an inopportune time, even if he has to miss just a, a couple of games or, or even one game, frankly, uh, because Wiseman was playing well tonight and really starting to string together some games. And it's been unfortunate. Uh, you know, timing and luck for Wiseman – uh, that, you know, throughout the course of this season, just when it feels like he's about to turn a corner, something happens. And, you know, there's seemingly a setback that, that isn't necessarily any fault of his own. And, and should he have to miss time here, uh, that would be the case uh, once again. But you just feel for him because there's been so much that's been put on uh, these final 20 and now 19 games to go in the season. And it did look like Wiseman was primed to finish strong.
2: Yeah, no, he'd been playing some of his best basketball of the season the last couple of times out, and even got off to a nice start tonight. I mean, he can just score, J.D. He's just with that size and athleticism. uh, He can get to the cup. He was knocking down some jumpers, too. I mean, his game is tantalizing. There's no doubt, and the sky's the limit. So fingers crossed, man, that he's going to be okay, and this is a a short-term thing. Um, But we've seen guys take falls like that before. That's a long leg he's got there, and it's, you know, when it hits the ground like that and you see it reverberate you know, it's almost like that ripple that goes through his leg. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've watched enough football and basketball over the years to know that usually that's not good. Like I said, when I saw it in real time, I'm like, Uh-oh. "Uh oh." So, uh, you know, again, we don't want to speculate, but it just it would be. It, it, we've seen this with Wiseman throughout the year, where you know he'll have moments where he'll start to to really start to look comfortable and come around, and then something will happen. So, I just really hope that's not the case for his sake and for this team's sake.
3: Yeah, so if we hear anything between now and eleven o'clock, uh, we'll obviously pass it along uh, in real time. But uh, no real update on Wiseman from Steve Kerr, other than he confirmed uh, that Wiseman will be getting an MRI, and then uh, everybody will know what the situation is at that point. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors get the win, one twenty five to one oh nine, as they beat the Rockets to improve to. and so the Warriors uh, inching closer now to the Spurs. A half game back of of San Antonio now uh, for the ninth spot. They pick up a half game on the Grizzlies for the eighth spot. Now two and a half back of eighth are the Warriors, and they do gain ground on both the Pelicans and the Kings uh, as the Pelicans uh, were idle tonight, so the Warriors move a game and a half up. Uh, on the Pelicans uh, for 10th uh, versus 11th. And and Sacramento is is hanging on by a thread. Uh, They lost in Utah tonight after actually being pretty competitive for about three quarters, three and a half quarters of that game. (laughs) But the Jazz put them away late. Uh, and uh, the uh, Kings are now three back and, and 22 and 31, and they've lost six in a row. See, it feels like every time we talk about them, they've either won six in a row or lost six in a row, uh, but, but they've lost six in a row, and they are, they're, they are, it's almost a, a two-team race, basically, between the Warriors and Pelicans or a three-team race for two spots between the Warriors, Spurs, and Pelicans.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, De'Aaron Fox made a couple of free throws with about five minutes to go. I was watching this game. I had a little squirrel on the Jazz tonight. I thought that was, yeah. you know, a, a nice opportunity tied. for them to cover. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so they're down two with five minutes to go. It was one hundred nine, one hundred seven with five minutes to go. Final score one twenty eight to one twelve. So the Jazz ran them yeah. in nineteen to three to close it out. So uh, that's that's how they uh, they pull or nineteen to five, excuse me. But either way, Jazz. Not only did they win, JD, more importantly, they covered. So uh, nice nice job there. But yeah, the Kings. I thought for a while i'm like man the kings are game tonight in utah but they they were playing one of their games where they were
3: hot and it was flowing and you could tell again it's it's the classic left for dead game for them right where it's like "Ah, (laughs) yeah you just had two brutal losses now you're playing the best team in the league jazz clearly weren't taking them seriously at least initially and and you know they they can be a handful when they get rolling
2: yeah well, they got it tonight, though, and, uh, and ultimately the Jazz. It's so funny how quickly they can turn it on. You know, uh, again, I was had yeah. a, a particular interest in that game, uh, but, you know, the Jazz had like five points in the first six minutes of that quarter, uh, and they end up scoring 28 points in the last seven minutes. So they flip that switch, man, and they get stops, and they get out in transition, and they just bury you. Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, they're yeah. killers, man.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and the Warriors are obviously going to see them uh, one more time coming up on that on that final homestand in that final week of the season. Actually, I think Utah and Phoenix are a back-to-back inside Chase Center that final week Yay! of the season. So, yeah. <laughs> with, with a lot of other winnable games surrounding those two, uh, I, uh, I, I might add. But those are the tough two uh, in that back-to-back over the course of the final week. Uh, just... Uh, General thoughts on tonight. I mean, I, I didn't think it was a great game. I know I, I kind of got off on a little tangent, making sure we let everybody know about James Wiseman. Uh, but Jordan Poole, uh, nice game for him. I know yeah. you, you, uh, you kind of called him out, as we both did in the pregame. Uh, you know, he needed to be playing better, and, and that was as well as he's played in some time
2: yeah and jD i just got to admit something to to the people right now. rarely will I delete a tweet but I deleted a tweet tonight because Poole had a rough moment early on uh, in that in his first shift and you know he committed a bad turnover he was out of pose- uh, out of position and I was thinking man like I tweet out Jordan Poole you know he's lost a bit lately on both ends of the floor kind of becoming a liability then he flips the switch and just starts scoring so about two minutes later three minutes later I was like delete because I don't want to do I don't want somebody to give me the obligatory this tweet isn't aging well, right? And either way, it was I all know. about getting motivated anyway, right? So, um, bottom line, Jordan Poole, he flipped the switch tonight. He can score. Like, we saw that tonight, and I'll say this. and uh, He actually looked better playing with Steph tonight than he'd had at any other time, and obviously he got extended run with Steph tonight. He rarely gets a chance to play with him, but with Ubre being out and you know the, the, mixing up the rotation, he got plenty of minutes with Steph tonight, and I actually thought that that went pretty well. So, um, good on it Jordan. Did. They're going to need a scoring, too, man. He was a plus 13 also, so I just done a real good step in the right direction for Jay Poole.
3: Yeah, it really it really was and and he ended up going for for 21 tonight, but the efficiency was back. Yeah, Steph hit him for a, a couple of a couple of layups and transition and he just it, he was letting it fly tonight, which I think uh, was a good sign uh, for him. He he's just got to come out and play unabashed uh, uh, offensively. He's yeah. just got to come out and and let it rip because that's that's his skill. That's what he does best. And, you know, if he can play 25 minutes and have efficient scoring nights, then then he'll have a place in this league and, and probably with this Warriors basketball team uh, for some time into the future. If, if he's able uh, to do that, eight at 888-957- 9570 as the Warriors get the win tonight 125 to 109 over the Houston Rockets. I thought the energy and and the purpose w- was better tonight. I know it was a 32-30 uh score at the end of the first quarter, but but compared to last night it just felt like it felt like the Warriors were intent on, on coming out, and, and even though they didn't play great, letting the Rockets know that, that they weren't going to be messing around with the game uh, to a point where they were going to allow Houston to kind of grab control of it after they allowed the, the Wizards to do that uh, last night. Then they push it out uh, to 15 uh, at halftime, 33-18 in the second quarter, another good run from some of the bench guys. Uh, in that quarter, and there were moments where it felt like the Warriors were kind of messing around a little bit. In particular, in the second half, I know we were yeah. chatting during the game. It, it felt like at a couple of different junctures, like the Rockets were going to make it a, a much closer game than it, it really needed to be, or or felt like it was ever going to be uh, throughout the night. I, and you know, there was times where it was, oh, it's a nine-point game, oh, it's an eleven-point game, and you thought, aren't the Warriors up twenty-five? But uh, uh, the Warriors didn't do that. Early in the game, and I think that's the difference. Once you get control, you can let up and then put your foot on the gas a little bit, uh, especially when you're playing a team that struggled at the level the Rockets have. Where you can't do it is right off the opening tip like the Warriors did last night, and the Warriors didn't do that tonight. You do that off the opening tip, and a team's going to believe they can beat you for 48 minutes straight.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And and you're right. I mean, even though this game was close after one, the energy was certainly better uh, and then the Warriors push out in the second quarter. What what really annoyed me in the fourth quarter, JD, was the Rockets seemed like they weren't really interested in playing much defense. I mean, John Wall was heating up. I mean, he played he he was balling in the fourth quarter, you know, trying to bring them back. But again, it's you know, in basically a consequence-free environment, right? I mean, the Rockets' whole season is consequence-free right now, it seems like. So, you know, he's out there just letting it rip. Uh, And meanwhile, the Warriors... They're they're taking threes and yeah, they're you know, they're good looks but like the lane is open for business and I'm thinking like every time the Warriors go to the bucket, they get a look, either they score or they draw a foul or they'll miss a bunny, which they missed a couple of those tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, why why are you just not taking these easy buckets and just, you know, extending or maintaining your lead? Like settling and missing threes is what's going to keep the Rockets in the game. Kind of like what happened last night or the Warriors, 0 for 8 in the fourth quarter shooting threes last night. They weren't much better tonight. I I know that, you know, Steph ended up hitting that dagger, you know, that really iced the game down the stretch from, you know, I think uh, probably middle of Berkeley. Um, But, I mean, I I just felt like in the fourth quarter, there was a little bit of that ah, you know, let's just go out and and run this thing out. And it's like, nah, man, this game ain't over yet. Like, Steph had to check back in. I know you mentioned that when we were texting. Like, you know, it should have been Steph been able to take that fourth quarter off, but he couldn't because while the Rockets just kept playing and I think the Warriors, you know, just, I don't know, just settling for threes when twos will do and the lanes open like that just bothered me
3: yeah let's hear from Steve Kerr uh, after the ball game uh, because he addressed some of what we're talking about uh, the energy early and, and just what what he felt uh, about his club throughout the night here's what the uh, head coach had to say
1: uh, somewhat somewhat you know I thought we had uh, we had pretty good energy at the start I thought the second half we uh, we we messed around with the game a little bit it was a little frustrating but you know, a, a win is a win, and and we needed one badly. So, uh, you know, not not thrilled with the performance, but um, you know, we had some 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 good, uh, really good individual uh, contributions. I thought, um, you know, Juan on his birthday was was terrific. Brought so much energy, and uh, Mike Mulder stayed ready. You know, he hasn't played in a while. It's not easy to to sit for a couple of weeks and come out and do what he did today. And, uh, obviously, Steph was, uh, you know, tremendous. You know, uh, individually, so a lot of a lot of good individual performances. I just didn't love the collective energy in the in the second half. We we need to do better.
3: Yeah. So the win being obviously most important, and and tonight was a night for some of the guys that hadn't been playing, and and I know Steve Kerr always uh, is quick to point that out. But yeah, Juan Toscano-Anderson uh, on his birthday. Uh, happy birthday to JTA, it, it, nice effort for him. Uh, Mulder was another guy, nice effort for him, uh, getting an opportunity. Th- those two in particular tonight, you know, guys that had been out of the rotation that were going to get some minutes because extra players were going to get minutes tonight with, with Kelly Oubre out and then James Wiseman going down. So that opened the door for, for Juan Toscano Anderson to, to get minutes again. And, you know, we've talked the last few days about the rotation and, and Steve Kerr settling on a, on a shorter rotation, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to adjust if you have injuries. And the Warriors had two injuries today, basically, uh, last night and today, uh, obviously, with Oubre and Wiseman, where, hey, that means two guys that haven't been playing are going to get a shot, and they both played well tonight. So a, a tip of the cap to both of them because the Warriors did need that. If this is a night where, you know – JTA and and, and Mulder don't play well, maybe we're having a conversation about a game that does go down to the wire.
2: Yeah, and I thought, you know, Damian Lee, you always see the effort out there, but when he's not knocking down shots, it really hinders his effectiveness, like like a lot of two guards. I mean, let's be honest. But, um, you know, I, I think he's been kind of scuffling a bit lately. I, there's just something about Juan Toscano Anderson's game, J.D., that I really like. And he seems like he'd be, you know, kind of the perfect type of player for Steve Kerr's offense, right? Or for Steve Kerr's, you know, both sides of the ball. I mean, Definitely. you know, because he, he can switch defensively. He can get to the bucket. He can shoot a little bit. He's a nice Swiss army knife type of player to have, and you talk about guys a little deeper down the bench, you know, to have in reserve, Juan Toscano Anderson's a really nice card to play, and I love that he got to get in there on his birthday, rocking the 95 for 95th Ave in the town, like, it's a killer story, and I just, I don't know, there's something about Juan Tiscano Anderson, he just embodies a lot of what I want the, the spirit of that bench to be all about, right? You stay ready, so you don't gotta get ready, and, and Juan Toscano Anderson personifies that, and he, he kind of plays like a guy who gets sporadic minutes, and is out there to maximize his opportunities So he can stay in the NBA as long as possible, whether it's with the Dubs or maybe even somewhere else, just that he has value to a team. And I think we've learned that this year, J.D. Juan Anderson has a place in the NBA. Uh, And, you know, he's 28 years old. Like, it's not, you know, it's certainly you would hope that more would have happened for him before now. But, hey, he still has plenty of of prime ahead of him. So, I don't know, I, I just I'm rooting for him. And I just I think his game is tailor made to what Steve Kerr wants to do on really both ends of the floor.
3: Yeah he he's the perfect guy i i think to have around as as your you know one of your 11 to 15 guys on on your roster and 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 that's not a slight on on him at all i, I he's just not somebody i i don't think at this point that that you'd be carving out minutes every single game for. But that doesn't mean you can't play him extended stretches. He's he, he's the guy that basically goes into the rotation uh, when somebody has to come out of the rotation and, and he can play a backup role or occasionally start, but mainly play a backup role. And, and he's a quality backup to a backup, basically. And and look, you need that. And, and, and I think, you know, the ability to fit and do a lot of things well, and, and he's a very intelligent player. Uh, he, he does a, a lot of the simple things, you know, really, really well, and, and effectively gives you a good, honest effort on defense. He's he's physical. Teammates love him. Uh, so yeah, I I think you know he's the kind of guy when we start talking about you know penciling out roster spots, and 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 he wouldn't have a rotation spot for me next year necessarily. But he would be somebody that I would want to keep on the roster if you could because I do think there's a value in that ability to – Uh, you know to to be ready uh, in moments where you are called upon but also you know it takes a different kind of a guy to to be able to accept hey right now uh, it's not in the best interest of the team for me to be playing because of these other players that are and to still be a good teammate when all of that is going on and that's one thing that that I think Juan Toscano Anderson absolutely has because there's been times this year where you know you I could see where he might be a little bit upset if he wasn't playing, given the fact that when he has gotten opportunity, he has played well. But he just, you know, puts his head down, rolls with it, stays up. Teammates love him, and and that's a guy that's that's really valuable on your team.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you just look at the the slash line tonight for him, right? I mean, he played 17 minutes, three of four, five boards, four dimes, a block, a steal, was a plus four, like. What's not to like about that? Like, he, he plays just a really nice two way game. So, um, and, and I think, too, JD, uh, we all know that, you know, the Warriors want to upgrade their bench, uh, you know, into next year. And, you know, clearly that's going to be a, a point of emphasis in the offseason. Where a lot of these guys fit in remains to be seen. But just because they desperately need to upgrade, like, you know, six, seven, eight, or, you know, seven, eight, nine, whatever those spots might be. 12, 13, 14. Like, Juan Tiscano Anderson can be a depth rotation guy on my team any day of the week, and, and he could be called upon to do a lot of different things. So, yeah, good on him tonight. And I actually thought, by and large, the bench played really well. We talked about Jordan Poole and even Michael Mulder uh, coming in who hasn't really played much of late either. Um, you know, you can just tell these guys were fired up to get a little bit of run tonight because it had been kind of sporadic. And so you give them credit there. And even, you know, Gary Payton the second, got in there for a quick, what, uh, final possession of, uh, of yeah. the first quarter? I was like, all right, or maybe it was in the half. I don't remember, but um, either way, get out there, GP. The second, little run tonight too.
3: Yeah, yeah, fourteen seconds tonight for, for Gary Payton. The second, <laughs> as but uh, Steve Kerr was trying to not. Uh, I think Stephen Curry had three fouls uh, in yeah. the, in the first half, so he was trying not to make sure nothing crazy happened on that on that final possession. But yeah, Molder, uh, Molder was the guy. Mulder was the guy as far as um, as far as the extra man that was going to get minutes uh, tonight uh, with Oubre out and Bazemore moving into Ubre slot and Jordan Poole basically moved into Bazemore's slot. And it worked out very well with, with Poole uh, being able to play some of those minutes with Stephen Curry. Let's go ahead and hear from Jordan Poole uh, after this one, uh, as he talked about the benefits of, of playing alongside Steph.
1: Um, Well, you got to play Steph a certain way, you know, as a defense and, He's a focal point no matter who's he, who he's out there on the court with. And uh, just being able to be a shooter and be a scorer and being aggressive um, and being able to get the ball in, you know, rotations because they're helping off the staff or they're doubling stuff, you know, it kind of puts the defense on their heels. And uh, once we get in a little bit of a rhythm, we're pretty dangerous.
3: Yeah, so, you know, I, I think it was clear that there was a benefit there, Uh, and, you know, he he made the most of it. We we talked about that on the pregame, like, hey, maybe that'll free him up to play a little bit more loosely tonight, not having to think at least initially when he went in the game about being the primary ball handler. And I, I think that allowed him to, to to find himself somewhat tonight.
2: Yeah, no question. And he needed it, and the Warriors are going to need him. Uh, and young guys uh, are going to go through ups and downs, you know, shooters like Jordan Poole. I thought it was really critical for him, to knocking down a couple of threes tonight. Clearly, a lot of the success he's ever going to have in the NBA is going to be predicated on whether or not he's making his threes. Um, and he did that tonight. And, he just seems like one of those guys, when he when he's confident, you can just see it in his intent. Like, he feels like it's going in when he shoots. You know, get there's some guys that, like, when they shoot it and they're almost, like, surprised when it goes in. Like, Poole is one of those guys, he expects it to go in. And it doesn't always, And you know, and then, you know, maybe he can tail off a bit for stretches. But tonight he certainly had that look about him. And, I mean, heck, I mean, let's, let's just keep it real for a second. A young guy like that get an extended run with Steph Curry. I know he's been around Steph plenty, so it's not like he's all googly-goggly about it. But still, like, that's, That's pretty freaking cool for a guy like Jordan Poole to be out there getting extended run playing in a backcourt with the greatest shooter in NBA history. Like if that doesn't get you fired up to play, man, I can't help you.
3: All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson, eight at 9570 If you want to react to this one as the Warriors beat the Rockets, one twenty five to one oh nine. we'll come back, we'll hear more from Steve Kerr, we'll hear a little bit from Stephen Curry as well as he's closing in on Wilt Chamberlain and the Warriors get a much needed win over the Rockets, one twenty five to one oh nine. You heard it right here on ninety five seven the game.
0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Curry tries to split traffic somehow, does down, spins, gets to the rim and scores again! 20 straight points for Curry. He's got 33. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game.
3: Stephen Curry would finish with 38 as the Warriors win it tonight, 125-109. So Golden State now 25-28, 19 games to go. And Stephen Curry closing in on history now – uh, what, 18 points away uh, from uh, catching Wilt Chamberlain for the all-time record, uh, franchise record for points scored. Uh, Going to be history uh, in all likelihood on Monday night uh, against the Denver Nuggets when the Warriors take the floor with Steph, uh, Steph leading the charge as he, as he does so well.
2: Yeah, anytime you can uh, pass Wilt Chamberlain on a list, any list, uh, really any list, let's be real, uh, you're probably doing something right. So, yeah, shout out to Steph for that right around the corner. Six games in a row now of 30 plus, first time since Rick Barry in the 70s. So, um, he's just holding this team. He grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and he's going to carry him as far as they can go. It's just, we we run out of uh, of ways to describe the brilliance of Steph Curry Um, and and it's easy to take for granted sometimes because, you know, I'm watching John Wall cut loose tonight. He's balling and, you know, you I'm thinking, oh man, John Wall. You know, like, I, you know he's suffered all these injuries, and you know he's not maybe the most popular guy in the NBA. And you look up, Steph's out doing John Wall tonight, right? It's just, it's, it's incredible. And I just every time we get to cover this guy and watch him do all this stuff, I'm just reminded of of how fortunate we are.
3: Yeah. So 18 to tie, 19 to pass, and uh, the way Stephen Curry's going, uh, he he might have that by the end of the first quarter on on Monday night uh, against uh, Denver. Uh, And, you know, it will be obviously celebrated uh, by the Warriors and in NBA circles uh, appropriately. So uh, one of the one of the great milestones. I mean, anytime, like you said, that you're passing Wilt Chamberlain on any list, uh, that's that's an incredible, incredible feat. But uh, Stephen Curry is is one of these players that, uh, you know, for for years we've known this. But I mean, he is. He is a he is a, a legend that we're getting to watch uh, in real time, and one of the all time greats. Where, folks, you know, doing shows. 20, 30, 40 years from now, are going to be looking back and, and talking about Steph Curry in, in a lot of the, the, the same ways that, you know, a Michael Jordan gets talked about now as we start to get a little bit older, or even, you know, the guys like Wilt, uh, you know, going even farther back uh, in the day. So it, it's impressive, impressive stuff. And I know uh, last night uh, we talked about it, and, and, and Tuesday night we talked about it, and every night we, we talk about it. And I think you do a great job of. Uh, of you know, making sure at some point during the show we, we look at, at, at what exactly he did specifically because win or lose, regardless of the trajectory of this team, uh, you know, it, it's just a treat to, to get to watch him you know, play and, and talk about the stuff that he does on the floor on a night-in-night-out basis.
2: Yeah, and then how about can we just take a moment too, JD, in the post game tonight? I mean, you know, here's Steph. He's just played a terrific game, and just the the, the moment, um, you know, with the with the uh, the PA announcer tonight as well. Um, you know, Showtime. Uh, I just had his name up in front of me. Showtime, Taylor. I mean, what a what a cool moment that was, and you know, Steph uh, hanging out as well to to do that interview on the TV with Fitz and Company. Um, and and just he was handling it like like only Steph can. Like I'll, I'll put it like this. My, my wife was, like, lightweight, sleeping there, and then she hears the interview, you know, that they're doing with Showtime Taylor after the game. And, you know, the PA announcer that was in San Quentin created a relationship with, with Bob Myers when he would go up there and is now, you know, part of, uh, part of the family with the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, Steph's just hanging out with him on the post game, And you could just tell, man, it just, it was all sincere and all genuine. And that's where it's like, you know, we, you, you marvel at the greatness on the floor, but he's really good at being Steph Curry. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, it's, it's really something to watch, man.
3: Yeah, it, it it absolutely is, and uh, you know, Marcus Thompson of the Athletic wrote a great piece uh, a couple of days ago about uh, Aaron Showtime Taylor. So uh, if you if you read the Athletic, uh, you know check it out uh, for sure. And even if you don't read it for, for that uh, in particular, because it was that good, and it tells the story of Aaron Showtime Taylor, who was the the guest PA announcer tonight. Uh, inside Chase Center, and uh, yeah, you're you're exactly right uh, about Steph and and about you know the way the Warriors have uh, embraced him. So so good stuff there. 8-8-9-5-7, 9-5-7-0. It's Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game, the Warriors uh, getting the win. Twenty five and 28, 19 games to go. Uh, no official word uh, regarding James Wiseman, who did leave the game early. Uh, In the second quarter, uh, went up for a dunk, fell awkwardly right knee MRI tomorrow, uh, sometime tonight or tomorrow. Uh, So the results uh, of the MRI uh, look for those over the course of the next 24 hours. Everybody kind of holding their breath, I think, but but also hoping for the best uh, for Wiseman, who's played uh, really good basketball over the course of of the last uh, four games as he tries to to really build some momentum toward the end uh, of his Uh, rookie season Uh, let's go ahead and hear uh, from Steve Kerr uh, as he addressed a number of different topics here uh, following the Warriors win including uh, the play of Jordan Poole Poole going for 21 tonight eight of 11 three of five from three one of the best games he's had in weeks Uh, and here was Steve Kerr on uh, the second year man Jordan Poole
1: yeah, Jordan had a good night. It was good to, to see him uh, knocking down shots again. You know, he had that great stretch for over about eight games, and and um, the last four or five have not been as productive. So it's good to see him kind of break out, knock down some shots, make some good plays. And uh, you know, I told him that the whole key for him is not to get too wrapped up in whether the shots go in or not. It's it's more about the defensive engagement. You know, for any young player who's uh, trying to make it in this league. Uh, there has to be a level of fight and uh, and defensive engagement, and when Jordan is is in the fight and in engaged uh, in an engaged uh, state, um, it makes a dramatic difference and it helps his offense. So he's you know he's a young guy who's learning all these lessons, and uh, I, I really enjoy coaching Jordan. Um, he's he's having a, a very productive season and it's been a good stretch, and I just want him to keep improving because I think he's got a great future.
3: Yeah, and and Steve Kerr, I mean leave it leave it to him. You know, we're we're talking about all the offense and 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 he wants to make sure that he's pointing out the defense. And I I do think, you know, when when Poole's shots have not been falling, uh I, I I do think it's it's maybe negatively impacted his defense. Now, you could say it's chicken in the egg and and he's not going to be necessarily a great defender, uh you know, normally, but uh, I, I think, you know, if his offense is great, you can live with the defense, but I think what Steve Kerr's getting at is there has to be just a, a you know, price of admission level, a, a floor of defensive effort that he brings every night regardless that can keep him on the floor to be able to work through some of the nights where, his, his struggle, where he's going to struggle offensively.
2: Yeah, and it's the E word, effort, right? He has to be putting in the effort on that end of the floor. Look, Jordan Poole's quick as all get out. He's athletic. We know that. Like, he's a very talented athlete. So he should be able to play defense at the NBA level. Now, is he going to be all NBA defensive? No, I don't think that's in his future. But it really does just take effort. And then basketball IQ, right? Not committing the lazy foul, the reaching fouls that we've seen just at every turn for this basketball team. Get in front of a shooter. Stay on your feet. Stay in your lane stay with your guy, communicate, let you know guys like Draymond Green, direct traffic and just be attentive. And I think, you know, that's something that you can get better at. Like, let's face it, the offensive side of things, that's that's fun, right? I mean, come on. It's, you know, that's that's what guys live for, but defensively is honestly, you know, where you earn your merit in this league and, you know, if Jordan Poole can become an average defender like he, he can play in the nba for a long time because he's got scoring chops we know that um i mean think about what andrew wiggins has done this year you know it's coming over from minnesota he, he was one of the worst rated defenders in the nba uh, as far as you know individual defensive rating uh, you know in minnesota because there was no commitment on that side of the ball he comes here he's got the moniker two-way wig so steve kerr is always going to harken back on defense and turnovers every time because he knows that that is what is going that basically that's what this season's hinging on for the golden state warriors. If they're going to go anywhere, they can't commit bad turnovers and they have to play defense. So i I applaud him for that and he's right.
3: Let's get to who's hot and who's not uh, as it's brought to you by exergen because accuracy matters. Uh, Tonight, uh, I mean, I I don't think there's anybody we can give it to tonight, really, other than Stephen Curry. There were guys that had, you know, individual good games. I mean, Wiggins, we've talked a lot about Poole tonight, Michael Mulder, Juan Toscano Anderson, happy birthday to JTA. But it's got to be Stephen Curry with the six consecutive 30-point games uh, and going for 38 uh, again tonight and and approaching uh, Wilt Chamberlain. So he gets the who's hot uh, for tonight. Uh, who's, who are you going with as far as who's not? I think that's a, a tougher one to pick from uh, tonight for one. the
2: Warriors.
3: Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll go for it.
2: Draymond Green. Thirty-five minutes, zero for three, five turnovers, um, seven dimes. I mean, you know, seven to five assist to turnover ratio for Draymond. Not not good enough. I, I think he's playing through something right now. He just he seems a little laboring out there. Just I, and I get it. Like you know, seven rebounds and seven assists for Draymond. That's you know not not the worst night at the office. Plus but fifteen, Covey. Plus I hear fifteen. You. Yeah, I know. And and again, like he was uh, oh, fair enough. And and you're playing against the Rockets, so you know, uh, okay. But I just still, overall, his game just isn't where it needs to be right now. I'll put it to you like this. um, That kind of effort that we saw from Draymond tonight, and really where his game's been the last couple of games, Warriors ain't going anywhere if they're going to get that for the run in the rest of the way. Like, they need Draymond to be where he was at a couple of weeks ago. Remember when he prognosticated that he was going to be back into shape and, you know, give him a couple of weeks? And then he did. Like, he had a a couple of really nice weeks of basketball. Um, But since then, it's been a little sporadic. So um, maybe that's just who Draymond is at this point in his career. Um, and he did give you thirty-five tonight. So I'm, I'm, again, like somebody had to had to take this L tonight for the who's not. But I'll go Draymond. I mean, five turnovers—you just can't have that. Sorry.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's who's hot, who's not. Sponsored by uh, Exergen because accuracy matters. It's an interesting point about Draymond because he did get himself to where he said he would, and you know, right about the time that he did, that's when the Warriors, you know, started kicking games away really leading up to the break and then they struggled coming out and then it looked like all right maybe they're gonna you know push themselves back forward and then Steph got hurt and you know the concern is always when Steph isn't around well what kind of Draymond are are you gonna get and you know I think it it, you know I think you're right he's going through just a a patch where he's maybe not playing as well in certain aspects of his game but uh, there's there's also that you know, kind of night-to-night engagement uh, question uh, as far as, you know... The, the level of play you know, that the Warriors are able to put out on the floor, the level of players, competition. I mean, you know, a week ago, nine days ago, we're talking about, you know, coming off of this Toronto game where he's going to play, that he can't catch the ball, and now he's sitting out, and the Warriors are getting drilled by 53. There's always a lot going on with Draymond, man. <laughs> well, like, he's talking to KD this week on his podcast. I mean, it just there's always seemingly something going on, uh, you know, good or bad uh, with Draymond Green.
2: Well, and, and you and I had the conversation the other night on the final word, and we weren't even planning on it, but then we had a caller call in and, you know, kind of br- open up that can of worms, and it's so funny. Like, I- I've never covered a player that can draw – like, the two polar opposites of reaction. Like, there are people dug in that if you have anything bad to say about Draymond Green, you just don't understand basketball and what he does. It just could never be quantified in a box score. And just watch him. He's a point forward out there. Don't you see what I'm seeing? Like, he he guards guys five inches taller than him. He does it regularly. And then you got the other side of... This guy can't hit the broadside of a boat. He's making twenty-five million. He's a he's a distraction. He's a pain in the ass in the locker room. Get this guy out of town. His best days are behind him. I mean, it will it will draw the like the extreme of both arguments. And let's be real, JD. The truth with Draymond at this point is we're somewhere in the middle. And I know that, you know, when when people hear me talk about it, they're oh, you hate Draymond. I don't hate Draymond. I'm just gonna try and keep it real about Draymond. Draymond is picky and choosy about when he shows up. And there's a lot of nights where, you know, you finish watching a basketball game and you're like – wait, so what was Draymond's big time effect on this basketball game tonight? And look, you know, sure. There's people out there that understand basketball better than me. Fair enough. But I've watched enough basketball to know what effort looks like. And there's nights where I don't feel like he brings it. So, um, but I also respect and appreciate everything that he's done. The Warriors don't win those championships without Draymond. I will be the first to admit it. Certainly the first one. Uh, So it's, it's one of those things where you can't, you know, you, you can't look at both sides of it. You have to be dug in on one side or the other Draymond's all that, or Draymond's washed up. And it's, the truth is, it's somewhere in the middle.
3: Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt, and, and I think there is the combination of the nights where maybe you know he, he doesn't bring it, but there's also, I think, the element of there's nights where he is trying to bring it, and maybe he just doesn't have it. And I think we don't totally know the answer as to which nights are which sometimes. And you know it, it can be a little bit, I, I think, misleading both ways. Uh, on that front, sure. Uh, be- because of you know, who's in the lineup on a given night, who's not. Uh, you know it just it, it, it really, it, I think it makes it hard to evaluate fully where he is for the future. And, and I think, look, it's, it's far more likely the Warriors are going to run it back with Steph and Clay and Draymond for next year just to see where the three of those guys are at individually and collectively. Can they make one more run? Maybe they don't do it next year, but they show that, that they can do it for, for maybe the, the one year after that if, if some other things swing right in terms of draft picks or assets or anything like that. But but I think it, it's, hard to, it's hard to really get a feel. Uh, One way or another, because there is so much of the the night to night, uh, you know, there, there are nights where it looks like it's a decline. There are nights where it looks like it's it's maybe he just, you know, doesn't have it or isn't bringing it. And then there's nights where he's the Draymond Green that that is the engine and the heart and soul. And he's, you know getting the ball to, to Wiseman in places where he can succeed, and he's working with Steph, and, and, and they're just, you know, in perfect lockstep, and, and he's allowing Steph to, to get, you know, go crazy, and he's, he's putting his imprint on the game defensively, and he's grabbing the ball and pushing it up the floor. Uh, it, it's just a lot. And, and I think, you know, for me, you know, given the impact that he had on a, a really good team, a complete team, I need to see him one more time on what's closer to a complete team before I can make a full, I I think, evaluation of of just where he's at and where the Warriors at as far as what the ceiling is for, for the group.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's fair, and, and God, I hope that we're going to get to see that next year, J.D., and God, I hope that we get good news about James Wiseman uh, tomorrow and they get a chance to get the band together next year and, and run it back with with Clay and Wiggy and Steph and, and Dre, and and then we'll see where it lands, uh, because I, I think that's what Joe Lacob wants, certainly when he signs those checks every week. Um, you know, That's what Bob Myers wants. That's what he envisioned when he constructed this roster, and hopefully we'll get to see what it looks like, um, because I, I do agree with you. I think Draymond on it team with higher expectations. You probably get a little more focused, but that kind of is kind of there and lies my issue with him. Like, it's a, you know, a chicken-egg scenario, right? Like, what came first? His his lack of attention to detail and a little bit of lethargy, and then that led to the Warriors not having the same edge, or vice versa. And I understand that, you know, they lost a ton of players. Last year was what it was, you know, with the, the, the player turnover, the injuries, etc. This is the year, though, where, you know, he can kind of grab this thing by, uh, by the scruff of its neck, and and help try and carry this Warriors team back to relevancy in the Western conference. Like it's on him just like it's on Steph. And we're seeing Steph do it every single night. I mean, the guy is playing on another level right now uh, and he needs help. And I know that Draymond is the most likely candidate to do that. Maybe he's just uh, keeping something in reserve for next year. And and I hope we see what it looks like because, you know, in all likelihood they are going to need Draymond next year.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm struggling uh, with, with tonight to be perfectly honest not not him specifically tonight but but the Warriors team tonight I I, I need your help with this one because you know we're, we're looking at the game and it's just yeah Steph great game for Steph Jordan Poole nice game boy you hope Wiseman's okay because he was really starting to play well I just don't think there was a lot to really glean from from this game tonight it was a game the Warriors had to have it was what I call a, a really a zero upside game right like you <laughs> yeah. have to beat the Rockets if you don't dominate them it's going to kind of feel like you left something on the table or you didn't fully have it as a team you know Steve Kerr we played the cut yeah yeah they we brought it at the beginning he says but I really didn't love this effort in the middle it sounded like he didn't he didn't like it you know even more than we didn't like it uh you you know but but they get the win that they had to have so you move on to the next one just I, I mean what's your big takeaway from tonight? Because to me, there, there really isn't. And maybe it's just that I'm a little sour at, at last night still. So sure. I'm not going to give too much credit for tonight because you didn't win last night. Whereas if you get them both and you chase that on top of the Bucks game, then maybe you got something going into the, the Nuggets game. But when you lose the game last night, it, it, it's almost like tonight doesn't even matter, even if you do win it, other than hey, it's better than the alternative because if it was the alternative, we'd be talking about packing it in here with 19 games to go.
2: No, I I think you're right. It was was hard to get up for this one because last night was such a body blow for this team, and you're right. I mean – three and 29 in their last uh, 32 games coming in where the Houston Rockets that to lose to this basketball team would be, uh, you know, the, no excuse. And thankfully they didn't. Um, and it probably got a little more interesting than you would have liked in the fourth quarter, but let's face it. I mean, the Warriors are on the wrong side of 500 for a reason. Like they, they can't stick their nose up at anybody right now. So you got to take the, the dubs where you can find them and fair enough. They got the job done tonight. For the most part, they've done that against uh, lower tier opposition this year. So they do get credit for, for handling their business, but it was like, even that third quarter to me kind of surmised their whole season. Like, yeah, Steph goes for 23 in the frame. He scored 20 straight. The Warriors scored 29 in the quarter as a team, so six points scored by anybody not named Steph Curry in the entire quarter, and guess what? The Rockets still outscored the Warriors that quarter by three, and that's, it was still a tighter game in the fourth quarter than it should have been. Look, if Steph Curry pops off for 23 in a quarter, the Warriors should be burying somebody. You know, they should be putting up 40 that quarter as a team, but unfortunately, Steph has to carry him so much. So I I would agree with you. I mean, I'll take the Jordan Poole, you know, uptick tonight. I'll I'll certainly uh, take that one and run with it. You know, Bazemore was okay into the starting lineup. Wiggins had a really nice stretch in the second quarter. Um, You know, he kind of vanished in the second half. Um, Certainly, you know, was was okay defensively. But, you know, they don't get a lot of style points for this game because you beat an awful basketball team at home. That's what you're supposed to do. Price of admission, as you would say, J.D. You know where they could show me? Beat the Nuggets on Monday night. Beat Denver because, look, we saw one of those earlier in the week. You know, they beat the Bucks in a game that probably the Warriors, you know, wouldn't normally win, and I know they caught a break with Giannis being out, but bottom line, they found a way to win that game, and it, when it looked like they were going to lose it, they still found a way to win the game, so they get a lot of credit for that, but then you lose all that credit when you uh, when you lose last night, so go out there and beat Denver on Monday, and then this win means a little bit more because you were able to parlay the success and, and kind of get some momentum going. That's what it's all about, and this, you know, now last last 19 games, J.D., get some momentum going and solidify your your position in the playing tournament and maybe even, I don't know, maybe move up a little bit. What a novel thought.
3: Yeah, you you got to get the one back that you lost last night. And if you can beat Denver on Monday, then you get the one back that you lost last night. You'd have a 3-1 homestand, and, and you'd feel like things are, are, are getting closer to being uh, back on track with a couple of more winnable games at Oklahoma city and at Cleveland uh, to follow. So uh, good stuff tonight, my man. We'll talk again uh, at five thirty for warriors live on Monday as the warriors will take on the nuggets.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll say this, like last thought on it collectively, when you think about the week, um, you know, two and one seem like the most plausible scenario, unfortunately, when one of the losses is to the Wizards and not the Bucks, it just leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. And it's never how you start. It's how you finish. Um, so at least they ended up getting the win tonight. Go 2-1 for the week. Uh, but, yeah, Denver Monday night, that's going to be critical. And it gives them a chance to get a little bit closer to that 500 mark.
3: Yeah, Denver's the decider for me. I'm just gonna call it the four-game homestand. If if they if they lose to Denver, it's for me a disappointing homestand because you lost to Washington. If you can get that game back and it's a 3 and one homestand, then a 3 and one homestand was was what needed to happen given the fact that the Warriors had slipped as far below 500 as as they had. So good stuff. We'll uh, reconvene at 5:30 on Monday with Jim Barnett and uh, have a have a great day tomorrow.
2: You too, brother. Enjoy your day off, man. Me and the wife are actually off tomorrow together, the same day. I'm like, babe, what are we gonna? To do she's like sleep? I was like, I'm in.
3: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, get a, get a jump start on that coming up here. Oh, I don't know, in about thirty seconds. Uh, so <laughs> good, good stuff, man. We'll talk Arbler. to you uh, on Monday for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to uh, Sam. Thanks to Sterling. Uh, we had uh, Arden as well helping out uh, tonight. Uh, great stuff. Uh, as uh, we'll be back 5:30 with Jim Barnett, Warriors live, Dubs and the Nuggets on Monday, right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors beat the Rockets tonight, 125 to 109. Keep it locked right here. You're home for Warriors basketball. It's 95.7 The Game.